Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray. I have my incredible co-host with me, Drew Haskins. Hi, everyone. And we have a very special guest today here to discuss season six, episode four, Nylon Culturator, Sophia June. Hey. Hi. How's it going? So good. How are you guys today? We're great. We're so happy to have you. Um, We're sorry to have you on for kind of a flop episode of Girls (laughs) itself, I think. um, I I was gonna say, I was like, oh my god, this is, it's like it moves the plot along, but truly a downer of an app. Yeah. Yeah. It's one big thing is revealed, which we we shall reveal later in this episode. (laughs) But other than that, it's such a slog. I don't know. I mean, listeners, don't stop listening because I just (laughs) will make fun. We'll make fun of it and be funny about it. But geez, I don't know. I started watching this episode and I was like, don't remember this at all. Like did not make a mark on me. Yeah. I mean, every season of Girls has like the one episode that just moves the plot forward. It's always kind of a filler. Um. I feel like there are two or three of these episodes though in season six, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I still enjoy myself. Like a bad episode of Girls is still like a B minus to me. Like I laughed, but I don't know. I mean, Sophia, what do you think about the show in general? What's your overall relationship with Girls as we know it? I started watching Girls live on HBO, like back in the day. So it, I feel like it like seasons one through four corresponded to me being in college. And so it was, I feel that I, my life education was university of girls for better or for worse. (laughs) I saw it. I watched girls before I watched sex in the city, which I feel like is a rare (laughs) kind of derogatory thing. I'm actually right there with you crazily enough. Yeah. I did not watch (laughs) sex in the city for the first time through until early 2022. I feel like it's more common than we might think among us millennials. Yeah, I think with girls, like I was just like Jessa in the in the early season episode where early season one where Shoshana is like, I you know, I'm sometimes my inner Samantha comes out and Jessa's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how I felt. And I didn't um and because of that, I feel like Girls was the first show that I felt like spoke to me and like to me as a woman and a young person. And um, which is like makes sense, especially it coming out in two, 2011 or 12. But I wonder if I would have seen Sex and the City if it would have felt if it would have felt like such a big deal. But it really did feel like a big deal. And um now that there's been this like I I feel like I've been a girl's apologist like most of my life and I'm so happy that you know the tides are turning and that people are correcting the record like you guys so seriously (laughs) there's been such two things one I feel like girls hit a nerve in a way that sex in the city just like couldn't for especially for our generation like the kind of glamour and city life nothing that we could have possibly related to you Mm -hmm. know I feel like it was girls was not the start of but an early kind of relatable show like it's when relatability was still an interesting thing and not like cloying and annoying and whatever it is today (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I feel like a lot of the misunderstanding is being like, oh, Hannah's so unlikable. And it's like, yes, exactly. Like, you know, an interesting character. Yeah, yeah. She's complex and she's intentionally (laughs) unlikable. And like, that's all of them are. And that's why, you know, because of that, they're also so funny. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you like lean into that, you can understand its brilliance. So we've touched a little bit about how you think it holds up. I mean, when do you rewatch it frequently? Like, what are some of your favorite episodes? Yes, I rewatch it. I feel like I'm insane when it comes to TV. Like, I have I learned this thing recently that it's like people with 
ADHD, like listen to the same song over and over. And it's like a comforting thing. I feel like with shows, I literally only watch girls and sex in the city. Like that's all like dabble in, some, in something of its current, but I'm kind of like, why would I not watch like the greatest shows? Um, and so I have seen and Gossip Girl. I'll rewatch that mm-hmm. too. But um, the original, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not insane uh, <laughs> but so yeah so I'm re-watching it all the time I feel like I probably re-watch it once a year um I'm definitely like yeah season one season two gal like uh you know the crack accident welcome to Bushwick very um inspiring episode I uh I love that one what else I love and we can talk about this later because he comes back. But against all odds, I really do love like One Man's Trash. Um, it's like mm-hmm. a bottle episode. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, I love all adventurous women do. I mean, you know, the the classics, uh, those classic early episodes, I think are my favorites. Yeah, there were really just so many bangers in the first few seasons. We were, yeah. we were really blessed. Yeah, like, um, I think about, like, girl, where do you think you're going in those kids? Like, <laughs> week. like it's so funny. Oh, I mean, where is she going in those kids? Though? Where is she going? The eternal well, question. We'll never know. Maybe to an Ikea to put together Charlie's season one like capsule apartment like architectural wonder like I don't she could be going so many places oh I found myself in a really dark place in an uber this weekend like traveling I think it was from a Halloween party and I was just going home and I was looking on Instagram and I saw like ads for capsule furniture, which I had not seen in years. Like that to me is such a relic of 2012. Yes. And I went down such a rabbit hole of capsule furniture that I do not need. But I was like, oh, this could be fun for storage, like dual purpose <laughs> furniture. Like this could be my life. And then I got home and I was like, oh, fuck, I need to go to bed. Like I, I, this is nothing good happens after like 2.30. So it's time to time to pack it up for the night that's so but. funny are they still oh no they're no longer and i was like are they still making stuff they're no longer making stuff no this was a like cheat i guess cheater brand to quote bethany frankel like some <laughs> sort of like um gen z update of the brand but i was like damn this is like a dead ringer for all that like pseudo like capsule like ikea furniture that Mid-century you could have got modern like modern it wishes kind yeah. of yeah like yeah, when like, we were in college, like that, like the cool person's dorm room was sure. that, like the tech bro, like aesthetic, like the, that wasn't what it was. Yeah. Like you spend three grand, like decking out your dorm room. So it looks like a Lego house. Like that. <laughs> Charlie, I always think about this line when that I didn't understand until I moved to New York when he's like, She's like, Marnie, it's like the first time she goes to his like, yeah, weird, like modular home. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is amazing. And he's like, yeah, well, you never come over. And she's like, well, it's far. And he's like, I take, I take the two trains and a bus to get to your house, which is so funny. Cause like, so specific, so whipped, like, yeah, so like giving, so, you know, so much more. It also makes sense. Cause like she's in Greenpoint, but um. Also, I just didn't understand it until I moved to New York. Like, what what an act of uh, love and devotion, like, derogatory that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, something, <laughs> something that sticks with me from that scene is she's in that apartment wearing, like, super high stilettos <laughs> and, like, a, like a cocktail dress, <laughs> like, in midday. Yeah, I mean, it's so easy to forget that, like, Marnie is such a gallery girl in those first two seasons before she goes on her musical journey that, like, I forgot last, like, full of five full seasons. Um, But, I mean, that was, like, the costume of the day, like, for a certain kind of, like, Charlotte York wannabe. She was costumes. She is in costumes. Speaking of costumes... Did you see on Twitter people 
dressing like Marnie in the scene where she sings so stronger acapella at Charlie's oh, yes. party. We, that was so good. We wanted Drew to do that, but <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> like, had other plans. I had other, I mean, even more like half-ass, <laughs> like half-ass isn't the word. Like I was really quarter-assing my Halloween costume this year and I should have just like bit the bullet got the dress done it but we did kind of predict this wave of marnies i will say like because mm-hmm. we talked about this last week on air and then lo and behold so many marnies it was and cr- a great i don't know like what else would be a girl a good girl's halloween costume though like hannah in the green bikini <laughs> oh my god yeah like four like four girls like doing the dance at the beach. yes yeah like or even just all dressed i feel like i can only remember hannah's bikini and shosha's pink juicy jumpsuit those are oh, the yeah. i remember from that scene maybe like panic in central park marty yes that's, that's a good couple's costume you just like drench yourself in water exactly oh you know what's a good one layered <laughs> layered that's such a good one layered is so good with like a little baby yeah layered baby and caroline baby. that's another couple's costume oh yeah caroline wow. with like one undone overall strap and then just right. like the most insane like, <laughs> hair <laughs> are we so we before one we get into out. the actual episode itself we do ask every guest this one question which girl are you Great question. I, you know, I hate to say it. I love to say it. I really think I'm a Hannah. I feel like you probably have a lot of Hannahs on the show because it's just like that cloying mixture of like, um, like being self-hating, but also like self-memorializing. Like, I just feel like, you know, I, I, Hannah would have a substack like on and Hannah mo- more importantly Hannah and I both have been on Twitter since like 2011 you know we like unfortunately um yeah love uh love to self-mythologize for better or for worse I would like to think that um I wear less like Urban Outfitters 2012 Urban Outfitters like little dresses but I can't say like I definitely I definitely did dress like that when it originally aired so right when the time was right I mean you are right like so I think you made this point last week Drew so many people you said you think most of our guests have said Hannah I don't (laughs) think that's true but a good chunk and I'm I'm like a Hannah Shosh cusp myself so Mm Well, also, like, no one can say Jessa because no one wants to, like, just say that they're so, like, effortlessly chic, even if Jessa's super, like, you know, a terrible friend. Um, We've gotten a few, but more, in, I feel like when you say Jessa, you have to, like, have, there's a, definitely a disclaimer attached, which is, yeah. like, not in the way that I think I'm this boho goddess. <laughs> I do, I do think that like if there is a rising, it's probably Shosh, um, because I do think that there's like an element of Shosh that's like th- that's so like not elder millennial that mm-hmm. is there's a really important distinction there, and she just kind of thinks everyone is a little bit like cringe and embarrassing, and she's gonna just yeah. like go to Japan, and also she's the one who at the end is just like we're not friends. Um, Hold of her. She holds herself to to a higher standard. So, and you know, she loves Sex and the City, and so do I. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> in heaven. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm kind of surprised. Like in all the episodes we've done, we don't actually have that many people self-identify as Shosh sons. Like a lot of Shosh risings, like Shosh in the chart somewhere, but. I th- I think we've had more self-identified Jessas than Shosh's, which is weird to me because Shosh is kind of like, I mean, by the end of the show, at least she is the most grounded and centered one. And I don't know what that says about our guests necessarily. But no, like... I mean, it's also like Shosh is so clearly for much of the season kind of painted as the or season series painted as like the annoying one. And yeah. I don't know. And she also, when when she's, 
at her least annoying and most uh, thoughtful, she doesn't get a lot of exposure on the show, you know? She's just kind of quietly in the background. Totally, like in this episode. She has like three lines. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I that was a bummer. Yeah. I mean, I it's a very like deliberate backgrounding of a character though. Like everyone else is caught up in their own drama and she's just like Mm -hmm. figuring it out in the background. Like Mm -hmm. which is mature and healthy, but I also like love Shosh and Zosha Mammon is so funny. Like she had three lines this episode, but they were all like total heaters. Bangers. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Should Um, we get into the episode? Let's do it. Uh, I will recap last week where Hannah spent time with this kind of Philip Rothian writer in his apartment all day after she wrote something for a blog about his alleged sexual misconduct. And they have this kind of day-long debate about, I guess, consent and what it means to write something like that. And then it they end up on... I guess not the same side, but Hannah definitely warms to him and uh, endears herself to him. And then he whips his dick out and uh, (laughs) she is alarmed. And then his daughter comes home and she watches her play Desperado on the flute. (laughs) How's that recap? (laughs) And all of the women are like walking out of the building. Yeah, Yeah, that was a nice touch. There's a, yeah, this is... I I liked that episode more than I remember. And then this episode, I was going to say I didn't like as much. I I just didn't remember. (laughs) Well, that last one, too, I feel like you probably talked about this in the last one, but it's just so, like, post-2016 election. And, like, Mm -hmm. that does feel just, like, the quiet rumble underneath so much of the last season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy to, and we touched on this last week, like a lot of this season, if not, I believe maybe all of this season was written pre-election. Like it was during like the lead up to 2016, but not, and definitely pre-Me Too. And I think it does such a good job of synthesizing like the national sentiment at that time and like predicting kind of where it's gonna, where it ended up going in late 2017 and then like kind of the thick of the Trump era um which is not a phrase I really like saying on this podcast but like um yeah I mean Alina Dunham is a is a out of touch in many ways but like she did have her finger on on the pulse of that particular moment like she really she really nailed that which is why I was kind of surprised how like I don't want to say because it's not regressive this plot line I don't think it is but it was, I thought, a little clumsily framed in that the episode opens with her interviewing um, Odie Mag- Montgomery. I didn't actually catch the name of this person, but it was played by Tracy Ullman, who I've loved for a really long time, um, about like how motherhood and being a writer are like fundamentally incompatible things to like reconcile as a female writer. Yeah, very... Um foreshadowy kind of almost like clunky foreshadowing device but sure whatever she has so many of these like weird gq interviews like the patty lapone one too where she's like (laughs) she's like contemplating her like her role as a writer and an artist and it's like yeah it's just kind of this like weird low hum going through and i feel like it's once they give her a job, I think they're kind of like, well, how do we still make her like existentially lost? And so they do it with these like, these like great like artist figures, but I don't think it like always really hits. And I think this was kind of an example of that. Yeah. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about it with the Patty Lapone stuff. She really, I mean, I guess it's true to her character in that she, I, every interaction she has with someone else is also about her you know she every she can make anything about her and reflect someone else I don't know and is very impressionable and will hear something and just think I don't know from an influential writer and then think that's that's right and I need to make this about myself yeah. she will hear one thing and it, she has just such confirmation bias like she'll hear one thing and then like let it dictate her week and like 
and it like let it explode yeah and that's just like so you know that's her that's why we love her and why she's so frustrating she's so like single-minded like that and she, she's very susceptible to like influence from her icons or people who are in a position of like greater success like mm-hmm. patty lapone obviously it's patty lapone like who wouldn't listen to her about <laughs> stuff like um this woman who's kind of i was getting like british eve babbitt's vibes a little bit from her which is like exactly the kind of person hannah would like and even last episode like she gets sucked into um chuck palmer's orbit because he's even though he's a monster like he's still one of her idols and he gives her like space to talk which is some i think sometimes enough for her but yeah this scene did not ring as true to me as even the patty stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah it was a lot of uh this author talking at hannah which i think was intentional but it i don't not a lot of it hit for me i was i just just kind of like all right what are you rambling about at this point Yeah. yeah yeah i didn't feel like it did much um but that's how the episode starts and um I think I don't know I thought the conversation was for for what it's worth it was like an interesting follow-up to her conversation in the last episode uh where this woman is saying that oh male authors like they say they need space and then they disconnect from humanity and blah 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 and after she spent the afternoon in this uh you know man who's disconnecting from humanity's home yeah, that's an interesting parallel that I did not put together. Like, this episode really is about Hannah's, like, identity as a woman on a very, like, biological level mm-hmm. the whole time. Like, the little through line through all of this is that she has what she thinks is a UTI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, actually, a lot of her plotline is the UTI. <laughs> like two different bathroom scenes with her that's a lot of it it. i i love when uh she calls her mom as one does when they're having a medical uh scare and her mom's doing tracy anderson method i thought that was very funny (laughs) well i love when she goes she's like i'll get those tapes back from you as soon as my knee is healed Uh (laughs) like you're never getting those tapes back girl um but she rightfully tells her to go to the er because she's seeing blood in her pee and who else greets her at the emergency room it's patrick wilson from the formerly mentioned uh bottle episode where she spends the day in a not not the one we were just just saw last episode she spends the day in a different man's apartment seasons ago yeah <laughs> and here he is in, in scrubs did you guys think that this was like you know did you think it was a far reach that it could be him or do you think it kind of made sense mm, I don't know I mean I, on, hmm, mm. I'd say reaching it's definitely a um a coinky dink uh, <laughs> in writer's room turns but I I did like the connection that this past episode was another bottle episode in like an older man's palatial apartment and then who should show up but another man who she had a formative experience with in a palatial apartment but also I'm sure a lot of it was giving like Patrick Wilson had one day on set he just happened to be in Brooklyn when they were shooting and true um I did think his presence made the little end beat of this scene where he tells her that she's pregnant comforts her and then um starts offering like connections to abortion practitioners and she's like what makes you think i want an abortion like the hannah he knew in season two is a very different hannah than the the hannah that's before him now and it was a nice it was an interesting growth moment yeah but she also says I thought he 
I feel like from the get-go, he was so judgmental because he's like, she, I mean, clearly he knows, he can see that she's shocked, but mm-hmm. he goes, do you know who the father is? Yeah, which is a pretty judgmental question. And yeah. she's like, mm, he's a water, he's a water ski instructor. Oh. And, him, and, you know, who I'm not likely to see again. So he's probably thrilled. And then he's like, abortion is an out-of-pocket cost, which yeah. is such a just sharp turn. Yeah. I don't know. It. It it was weird seeing them interact in this doctor patient, but also former lovers way because I don't know the the bedside manner is not really uh, present. It's it's something that feels more like you said judgmental and almost I don't know. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's um, I feel like, you know, this show and the era, especially like post Trump, it's very like. Yes, like a lot of shows are afraid to even like say the word abortion or like talk about abortion as like a viable option. And so like, of course, they're going to in the show like they did in season one. Um, But like, uh, yeah, I the fact that she it's also like Judd Apatow loves a baby. And I feel like (laughs) it is kind of funny to have these two things together where um, I don't know. I she was less maybe con- contemplative about it than I would have thought for her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess she's she's not deciding in that moment, it seems. Yeah. Um, but she yeah, she she kind of storms out after she says, which what makes you think I want an abortion? Um, and then she goes home and uh we'll, I we'll get into the Jessa Adams storyline in a bit, but she's kind of bombarded by jessa and adam who want to hatch this i don't want to get into it yet but they yeah, want to hatch this scheme w- alongside her and uh she kind of just she's like yeah whatever and then goes to lay in elijah's lap just still clearly the face of shock and i don't know what we're supposed to glean from the i guess close-up of her face like is she in that moment is she realizing i want to have a baby or is she just still sitting in the shock i think it's like a i'm also looking ahead to like the rest of the season too a little bit but i think it's her curling up like a child for the last time like that's knowing the decision that we know she eventually makes like i have a few little qualms about how this show sort of uses her pregnancy for like a shorthand for her newfound maturity a little bit it's not i don't think it's poorly done but it is a very like season six is like i think has a reputation for being pretty messy Mm -hmm. mostly for this plot line i I, I don't know. I'm sure there are other critiques that people have, but the, I feel like this is the big one. Um, I don't necessarily love how it was like introduced this episode. And I like, I kind of forgot this is like how it actually happened. But yeah, that's it I'm- is. Yeah, it does feel like such a Hannah way to find out she's pregnant. Like, you know, we <laughs> throughout this whole show, like, a hundred percent know that she gets utis and <laughs> i love that she's like in the scene with elijah in the shower she's like hey, this wasn't even from sex i was just wearing wet underwear for a few oh days. yeah <laughs> it's, so it's like funny. who amongst us but also like it's just so quintessential hannah and i do really love that That that's just very good character detail that that's yeah. how she finds out it's just really realistic we also just you know shout out to andrew Reynolds. like he had two scenes in this episode and he was like taking a shower in one and in underwear in the other like his like <laughs> nudity rider this season must have been like <laughs> insane um i would like to say that if out of everyone in the sh- if i am anyone in this episode it's a hundred percent him asking hannah to text her like cool lesbian friends so he can go to the new york magazine party oh yeah that was like that's i mean such a such a brilliant line perfect moment uh do we want to get into adam and 
Jessa next. These two. These two. I uh, I don't know. They they really irked me in this episode. I we start on Adam, who's uh just not a very good actor, I'm realizing. Uh, but to be fair, he was given a horrible script. He's um in a barber shop talking about his mother's illness. Uh, Russian director yells cut and they're kind of fighting and he storms yeah. storms off the set. The two times I laughed the most this episode were in this scene though when like the woman, he's like giving her like a bob in the barber's chair and she just like hands him <laughs> a gun from underneath <laughs> the barber front. I'm like I need, I must see this movie if like something like this ever gets made. Um, so funny. Then, her him calling the director director olada because her name is <laughs> i don't know why that made me laugh so much no it was it was a good touch his hair is so crazy in that scene too yeah like a little like he's also kind of sporting bob but with a top bun yeah. situation it was very kylo ren like that was oh, that's his so star wars haircut too i mean adam driver's hair can we say always looks a little crazy yeah i it depends it depends on the uh the event the setting the the purpose <laughs> you know i'm just i I love i love him i think he's very cute so. i love him too and i think he's very cute but even to this day like with all this ferrari promo that he's doing he he is doing that side swept bang like you know that meme of the dog that's like I don't mind it. my bang to the side like that's like <laughs> he's like always giving that to me I mean listen so many men lose their hair like if you've got it flaunt it yeah got it be crazy okay. about it and I cannot imagine him with short hair like I could look up his old army pics or like whatever armed services he was in. Like I'm sure he has his like deployment photos or whatever out there, but like I don't want to see that. Like I want to see him with the hair he has, but I do want to make hold space for the truth that it does like look consistently crazy. It works um, for him. He's the original man. He's not gonna <laughs> have absolutely deranged hair. Oh yeah. Um, so Jessa, I keep forgetting that she's studying to be a psychologist and she's doing some I sort of like little forgetting. test. Yeah. Well, she's so ill suited to it. I'm sure that's like part of the point of all of it, but she's like doing some like Myers-Briggs study test at home. And she's like, Adam, I think I may have been a child sociopath. I might have to write a term paper on me, which is like, <laughs> great like internalizing so much she, exactly she's so i mean she suffers from the same narcissism as every other character on the show except maybe more extreme where yeah i i don't think i want her as a therapist i'll just i'll say that much no. he is just like the i feel like there's such an archetype of like these you know in with the advent of like so many more people going to therapy or talking about it in the last like five to ten years there's like this whole group of like young beautiful introspective hotties who think that like because <laughs> they are so interested in themselves that they could like be good therapists and she is I, I feel like there's just so many therapists like Ajessa that yeah. you would see and they would make your life so much worse so true yeah. I mean it really is just it is it just goes to show Lena's telling us how anyone can be a therapist <laughs> and anyone will become a therapist. And I've had those therapists. I mean, thank I, God um, she kind of loses the, the plot this episode too. Like she gets the idea knows. that Adam needs to make his own movie and then like seemingly ditches the therapy idea wholesale. <laughs> like She says Adam's, I mean, talking some uh, sense into her for a brief moment he says i can't just do that you know i need money i need sets i need da 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 and uh jessa shuts him down says you're so boring and money literally go grows on trees and then google's making a movie 
<laughs> and they they just kind of I guess the whole episode we see shots of them uh like jumping on the bed and, and lifting weights or something while talking about this this story idea they have that something real and the story is about uh their love triangle with Hannah they are just two of the most annoying like sober addicts of all time like yes they're just she's just acting so drugged out like jumping on this bed and he like they can't stop moving and then they have this like like carnal embrace and it's like you are it's just like the two most annoying people you know yeah Yeah. it's very like cocaine coated yeah and they're like um they land on writing about the hannah situation and like just just that it is like she's like dry drunk like dry coquette right now she's like it's a metaphor for war and corporations and religious strife and then they like start that like it is true like joker harley quinn folia doe here like they start like fucking and like talking about how they should shoot it on film and then oh my like God. black and white and they're like oh that's too much but i was like <laughs> what you guys the, this gruesome shitty movie this movie's gonna suck like yeah we, we know she, immediately yeah, she's she going nowhere she's always gonna be cocaine coated she can't help it she just Correct. can't help it and like when they um they like bombard hannah and the stairwell after she's like received you know this earth shattering news and yeah it's like (laughs) they're cracked out like it's crazy they're like layered energy (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh and i mean hannah as we mentioned before is just so like visibly shaken and uh the the two jokers are like rambling and smiley and like trying to convince her that they have this great idea and they need to uh write about their situation and hannah just like is paralyzed and she's like just do whatever you want and walks on upstairs yeah and that's where we leave the three of them yeah and then and then marnie and desi i once again i there's not a lot to latch on to this episode like no not true not really i mean i marnie's little uh little lie is sort of starting to come apart she's still sleeping with ray uh after having cheated on him with desi and um yeah she does have a really funny line when she they're like having sex and she's just like so uh disconnected and like pretending to orgasm and then she's like I want to I want to like be in the mouth of the lion with you I want a lion to eat us so we can be together forever oh Oh my god and then yeah Ray kind of doesn't really respond and she's like what's wrong with you I would literally die for someone to say that to me it's like poetry it's like Shakespeare oh girl that that made me that made me really laugh and he's just trying to be normal and like go get dumplings and a beer and she's like she like has it has to be like so theatrical or nothing about it yes absolutely i mean she's just like stuck between two guys who are wrong for her like the desi Mm -hmm. of it all obviously is untenable because he's like a pill-popping pseudo artist who has no like actual values but Ray has like too many principles and no drive or like creativity. So like that's neither of these two people point. like she'll have she'll find the middleman eventually. Like she, you know, she doesn't on this show. Like unless we get a Marnie sequel series, which um, love that <laughs> green light. Oh wait, sidebar. Um, Allison Williams promo corner. She has a new TV show out right now called Fellow no Travelers. She plays oh. the um cuffed socialite wife of um mad bomer who is gay in the 60s in dc and has an affair with another man but she's like sounds awesome he is like all of us just i I saw a clip of her acting and well a it's tremendous b it's like 
not I mean it's not great when I say it's tremendous let's just be clear about that like she's she's doing like Peter Pan we know like I think she can be really good in certain things but like including this show she's like excellent on the show um but she's doing kind of this like Catherine Hepburn like well see here boys like kind of voice and I'm like you know what it's a choice that is she is so theater kid it's Mm -hmm. so painful and I'm just like that's why she like thrived derogatory as Peter Pan like that is why she's just been like waiting for this role. She's been waiting to like put on a mid-Atlantic accent. Like yes. it's why it's why her musical scenes are like the perfect level of cringe is because this is just who she is and she finally gets to be a theater kid. And you know, yeah. God bless. God bless. Like she does have a lot of role range like playing a teenage boy who flies playing marnie michaels who's essentially allison williams and then uh lucy a politician's wife in this new show and uh all the horror people she does she's good at the horror stuff i actually kind of I mean, wonder she's like doing that. she's so good and good out in get out because she's yeah. just so, like a creepy white girl like it's perfect I also, I don't think we talked about it on the pod, but I did finally see Megan at the beginning of October. Oh my um, God. Only a year late. Only a year late. You know what? Better late great. than never. She was so legit good. great in Megan. <laughs> Women in STEM. <laughs> she is. She plays important. an AI scientist. Like that is, <laughs> she that's literally <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh wait, back to the show though. I did this show. Um, I did really see myself in Marnie as I I think Julia did too probably here when Marnie's like if I uber can I meditate and catch up on emails in the (laughs) car (laughs) yes I mean exactly like that just that mental math that micro managing micro planning it's it's so me unfortunately yeah well and Marnie is so like girl boss optimized too Mm -hmm. like this was kind of the start of of that era and I feel like that's so like I must be using every minute for my if I'm not at my what what did she call her workout or like she's like doing this insane workout or if she's gonna be on a train she has to be meditating and catching up on emails like she doesn't have she allows no time in her life to just be it's like her sex with Ray lasts approximately 7.5 minutes and then she like is booked and busy yeah totally yeah she doesn't have a second to spare but she also won't loop right in on any of this like Mm -hmm. she tells him about her like busy stressful plans but like the actual big thing she has going on is this mediated conversation with desi and i guess his like addiction counselor um which like i guess obviously she wouldn't tell ray about that but this I kind of liked this scene, I will say. I liked the scene too. When he drank the water, I thought that was truly so funny and brilliant. Like he drinks this uh-huh. water for like for like 15 seconds. Yeah. And he looks at the addiction counselor and the addiction counselor is like, good job. And you're so... like, you see like what a child this man is. Yes. And this is, you know, I mean he clearly needs the rehab but it's just the the addiction counselor is like kind of telling him that I I guess not challenging him which I I don't know about addiction recovery maybe that's not the time to challenge someone but basically he's saying that uh Marnie's why he went off the rails and uh Marnie says that's absurd and then he he kind of tells on tells on Marnie for saying that and it I don't I, I'm not doing a good job of explaining this. But it it's a it's a s- stiff scene, but hilarious. At, yeah. at one point, yeah, at one point Marnie says she like he's talking about his addiction and then she complains about all of the bruises on her body from her two-hour massages oh i love that 
so funny. And then oh. he, he's um he immediately is like, you just made my addiction all about you, which is kind of that is the push pull here. I mean, like Desi is a dick and the and every like just a true dick at his core. But he's mm-hmm. also a very sick person. And like Marnie just is not the like emotionally nourishing type and she like idealized him as this like Mumford and Sons artistic luminary and it's just like she can't really connect with the real him right I mean that's exactly it's it's true yeah yeah and he doesn't even really know who the real him is I think like not to get so Jessa therapy on him but it's just like he was an actor he's a musician there's like another episode um I think it's in the season when he says he like drops that he used to be like a big a wild game or big game photographer like he just had all of these like insane life paths and like has probably just skated by on being like kind of a hottie and has never Mm -hmm. had to like really take any responsibility for anything yeah, I mean, we all we don't even know who he is as viewers. You know, we only know him as Marnie's psychotic ex. Yeah. Should we close that with the Ray stuff? Yeah. So. So sad. Ray, really sad. Um, and I don't know. Probably a good, like, moved the plot for his character. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say. Um, so before the heavy stuff, I do want to say little Easter egg this episode. Um, not to look ahead to next week, but next week's guest of Girls Room, one of them is in this scene. Wait, that was him? I because I was like, that looks a lot like Stephen Phillips' horse. Wait, really? Oh my god, with the um, yeah, with this gun. Is it raisin or crazen? Oh my god, I mean amazing guest. He's so I'm so excited. Yeah, but no. wow, that's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, we <laughs> I can't believe I forgot he wasn't even in this show. So it's great. That is so funny. Um it was it was funny. Um the only funny part of this plot line, really. I mean, because immediately afterwards, um like some guy who comes into the coffee shop every day and like talks Ray's ear off about like this and that um collapses and dies outside of the coffee shop very sad yeah yeah and then i mean i guess he tells his manager hermy about the situation and he's kind of just shares his disappointment in ray and says like you've changed like i mean i i think just give he says you need to know the right people to talk to and the right people to shoo away you shouldn't have shooed this guy away basically especially just to offer usher in you know man asking about crazy or raisin scone right like he, he was some the the man who was trying to tell him a whole big story he was this older new yorker who clearly had all these stories which from Hermes' perspective is the kind of guy who you should listen to and let tell their tales even though you have a line growing behind him um but he the man Hermie says at one point i've been with you through all the phases the music the veiled sitcom script the communism community board (laughs) and now you're just coasting which is so true i mean he reads him like a book (laughs) and then says um i'm not calling you a waste of space i'm calling you a waste of potential which ouch but ouch. again true like poor ray i did like the little lip service he paid to to raise like three months stint as the community board yes i remember yes. like we spent so much time on the so many plot line on for nothing <laughs> <laughs> so funny yeah um so he debriefs with shosh and shosh is like catatonic um but she like advises him that like Hermes just being hard on him because he wants him to have a better life than he did and 
they like go back and forth about suicide and like the last show line i guess is like that got real fast which is kind of the corny like sitcom cliche that like mm-hmm. girls yeah. kind of goes into sometimes but... yeah that was a weird kind of back and forth right yeah, yeah. i was like this is like just so corny i, I wish there was more there in yeah. that in that convo before like it, yeah it was kind of weird to like jump to suicide too yeah i I completely agree so yeah shosh says yeah well exactly what we just said shosh says maybe he wants you to have a better life than him and uh ray realizes she's right and then yeah they have this weird back and forth about suicide and then he runs out and finds hermy in his home dead yeah it's yeah i don't know that the the little back and forth about suicide did not belong there i thought yeah exactly and they're almost joking i don't know it's weird yeah yeah and is it just to plant in the head that plant it in our heads that that's maybe how he dies like when he finds him it's it's just a really weird yeah it it didn't land not a lot about this episode landed now that we've talked about it all <laughs> like you'll stopped. notice that all of our little character plots did not uh tie in together really at all not really but i enjoyed myself regardless <laughs> i enjoyed myself chatting with you about it i i yeah. enjoyed chatting with you girls yeah I enjoyed chatting with you about it more than I enjoyed watching it I feel like everyone in this episode is in like a hell of their own making Mm -hmm. and And not in the fun way yeah I was gonna say usually in girls it's like you're in hell but it's fun and here is like you're in hell and it's like getting a little hot and you need to like figure out what you're gonna do next like you people everyone's like looking for their escape route and like sometimes that can be really fun to watch and sometimes it can just be like kind of sad yeah yeah totally so i guess we should move on to our final segments then um the first question we ask everyone is which girl are you in this episode in this episode i feel like (laughs) i feel like i'm hannah's mom like doing her jazzercise like just literally telling her daughter to go to the ER and like figure her shit out also it's like at this point she's her mom is like single like she's just trying to get you know get strong for herself in Marnie's words and she's just like she's just like why are you calling me and showing me your pee like go figure it out so true that's a great person to be (laughs) she's the only one i think who's having like an okay episode yeah she's getting in shape what are you guys who are you guys i mean i i hate to say i I hate to say it again but i'm i'm absolutely marnie um trying to map out whether she can meditate in the car if she needs to uh, take the train but the last time she took the train she couldn't meditate because the guy next door i'm that yeah i same boat here um as someone who literally has on their calendar for after this uh recording vacuum as its yeah. own 30 minute block um I do yeah I, i'm a marnie unfortunately here so um, um you know i think you and i are the same in our time blocking habits oh yeah it makes scheduling this podcast pretty easy <laughs> you know that. as like, easy as it could be what is like the smallest what's the most minute thing that goes on the google cow shower <laughs> oh i have like take prep take yeah like vitamins yeah, meds. Like, my little five minute <laughs> my yeah. five minute window <laughs> I, literally ev- everything you could think of is on that calendar yeah. aside how long sometimes even like eat I, i'm not <laughs> kidding how long is the shower block for 30 minutes you know like I, i'll probably be in and out in 15 but i gotta give myself a cushion yeah <laughs> i had a pretty obvious fit check of the week for me this week and that okay. was 
the truly bone chilling uh hoodie with holes in it that desi was wearing uh (laughs) holes in the in like the collarbone area like my god like god man get get your life together (laughs) i think this is the last we see of desi too and i'm like get your life together that uh, no holes come on he's going out with a bang um he's going out with with a holy hoodie or sweater yeah (laughs) just bone it's completely bone chilling mine is hannah's like weird multicolor floral pattern crew neck that says typical boy in all caps and she (laughs) wears it in the er that was mine too that was like the most insane item of clothing i've ever seen (laughs) and to to wear it when you get the news that you're pregnant is just really the cherry on top i um it's rare that i see an item of clothing on this show that i'm like oh i really need this for my own personal archive and i think we might have to dm jen rogan and see if we can source this i'm looking at it right right now it's so funny i'm looking at it right now it's that is the halloween costume that we actually need oh yeah it's expensive it's it's moschino and it's 375 dollars wait hannah would never i know she maybe really... she thrifted it wait no she borrowed it from elijah that's oh a hundred percent yeah i think elijah's calvin so that's my other fit check or just like oh, a yeah. word, no clothes totally wow that is so funny okay um and then we do mvp and lvp which is kind of tough this episode i think hmm i don't know mm. we gotta put our heads together i don't my my mvp is loreen for doing her tracy and getting her life i mean like she's really getting her shit together yeah. yeah and also for people who don't know like tracy anderson is to me the exercise guru like she's gwyneth's personal trainer she is she got madonna jacked like back in the late 90s like she then has been working with her for 25 years like tracy anderson to a certain type of la resident is jesus christ and like <laughs> I, I those workout tapes i think retail for like 80 dollars a piece so like good for loreen for doing it and having it i don't know how hannah got her hands on those in the first place again she borrowed from elijah yeah yeah for sure <laughs> and lvp i'm gonna give to jessa because i'm gonna give it to jessa because the mania was too too manic too manic Jessa and adam tie for the last last place for me yeah i think i'm with you i mean yeah i don't know i we got a bunch of losers in this episode if i'm being honest but i mean hermy died that's a big l that's a big that's a pretty big l i feel like lvp is also the doctor like ruining her day being totally weird and inappropriate absolutely although yeah. he wants to be an mvp because he's like oh i'm in private practice but i'm just like picking up some shifts here like for like as like a charity act great thank you <laughs> thanks thanks i kind of feel like mvp is elijah because it's sweet when he rubs her head mm-hmm. we don't ask for much um and and he, you know, he gets to go to his New York magazine party featuring Jada Smith's new greeting card line. Like, <laughs> yeah. he is, like, he is the only character who, like, has something, like, wants something and, like, gets it this entire episode. I did really like him. You're reminding me that he apologizes for rubbing her head with his, quote, pizza hand. Yeah. <laughs> Though, and he says that the grease isn't, like adding or detracting from the situation that's happening up here which is like get you a gay like that (laughs) best case scenario (laughs) pizza hand yeah if you're gonna like if you're gonna get made fun of at least like have someone stroking your head lovingly yeah in like Uh, calvin klein's 
they have such a sweet relationship. Like, I just... I'm so excited for the rest of the Elijah plot lines on this season, too, because they're all so funny and so good. And it's just, yeah, great. I, I like season six. Like, even this episode was maybe a bottom five girls episode for me, but like, yeah. I do like this season warts and all. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to like. There's some genuinely funny lines in every Absolutely. single episode. Yeah yeah even like a mediocre episode of girls is still a pretty good episode of television oh top tier (laughs) and sometimes you do need these episodes to just like it's a big plot episode yeah yeah you gotta move it you gotta move it forward somehow but Sophia what a treat thank you for being here today Oh my god, thank you so much. I'm really glad that we could like such a forgettable episode. It was it was really fun to truly dissect it, to find the gold in it. Yes. It yeah. was a blast. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and if you want to be found on social media, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram at Sophia June, June like the month. Um, or on Twitter at Sophia N. June. Love. Yeah. Also, oh, 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 sorry. Oh, no, go on. I was going to plug another thing. I started a newsletter like Ooh. everyone else, but it's not on it's not on Substack. It's just regular old HTML. It's called Slutty Books. I started it with my friend Sam Leach and we talk about slutty books, which, you know, explains it all. So if you want to sluttybooks.com read some smut uh you know dm me your email address can you give us like an example of a slutty book that you guys are talking about yes so like just a quick rundown we kind of define it in like opposition to romance novels which also have a lot of smut but like those network more in like happy endings but slutty books never guarantee a happy ending in fact they're usually just about the like like carnal devastating longing of a crush (laughs) um so we just did this book thirst for salt by madeline lucas which is just about this like totally doomed relationship between like an older man and a younger woman set on like the coast of australia in the winter and it's like so sexy that's incredible (laughs) and if you told me if you just gave me the title thirst for salt and told me to guess what that book is about I think that's pretty close to what I would have come up yeah, with yeah it's a, it's a pretty spot-on title for <laughs> spot on. whatever that means I, oh, my oh, friend yeah. read that book and she said she liked it it's Ooh, a great well, book I'll have to check that out I feel like um one of my friends shout out to Allison my friend Allison is like a connoisseur of slutty books and I feel like she is like the perfect audience for this so I'm gonna have to forward that over and see if she has uh read thirst for salt as well oh my god please do tell all your slutty your slutty friends your slutty (laughs) reading friends whatever and you know we always need more recs so yeah I also want to shout out um I think because I think there's a very big crossover between the people who listen to this podcast and the people who enjoy this article your recent piece on literary it girls was so so good and like such a like it's like the kind of piece of writing that articulates something you've noticed happening but never really had like the words to like describe what's going on it's such a good piece about this like phenomenon of like social media and book marketing and authorial branding that is it's really really good and i uh, cannot recommend people go see, seek that out enough thank you so much i am just really happy that it's made people talk about books like <laughs> <laughs> the fact that there is like twitter discourse about book marketing is so insane to me so i'm i'm really glad that it landed and thanks for reading it no problem i like <laughs> maybe um next year we'll have like julia fox show up to like a scholastic book fair in a middle school (laughs) one can only hope 
the original book parties truly truly oh my god that's a topic for another episode but those were so (laughs) for like the hoover i julian i went to middle school and high school together and like the scholastic book fairs there were uh total parties for me literally like the social event of the season yeah hot Uh, hot hot events but all right well until next week we will see everyone um please rate review and subscribe and uh send in questions to girlsroompod at gmail.com bye bye Bye. everyone (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.